When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We've got an exciting show. We're going to talk about Goldberg's visit to Speedcore, some ideas for his new projects, and I want to get your thoughts. Should I get a Gen 1 Ford Lightning, which is a truck that I love? Uh, before we get started, I'll tell you about Continental. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, and I'm not just talking about French fries or melted crayons, I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, stuff that really makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. Continental has launched their aftermarket multi-V belt with this OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series of belts. They're fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. So Continental's OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. And, of course, uh, CarCast is brought to you by Dodge. It's Dodge Performance Days where we celebrate speed, power, and performance, and that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burnt rubber with the Dodge Charger and its available best-in-class 485 horsepower. All right, let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to CarCast. I am Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, uh, with Bill Goldberg calling in. Uh, lots of stuff to cover. Uh, Bill, I know you uh, took a trip. We were um, we discussed it last week. You took a trip out to to the guys at Speedcore. There was an event. You sat down with them, put a game plan together on a car, which maybe turned into two cars or three cars now. So we'll get into that a little bit uh, as well. And um, uh, and some interesting stuff. I, I've got a truck project I want to run by you guys. And uh, and a couple of other things that should be uh, interesting. But uh, uh, first, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Dodge. There's no better time to celebrate speed, power, and performance than during Dodge Performance Day. So hurry in and replace that new car smell with the scent of burnt rubber, which uh, I love that. And it brings me to this point of, you know, we've been hearing for a little while about a, a Ram truck a ram competitor to the ford raptor this uh the ram trx and i think this thing was teased a while ago with potentially like a 525 horsepower engine 
I don't know if that meant supercharged or not. That probably sounds like a, a hopped up version of their naturally aspirated Hemi engine. Um, but uh, I guess there was uh, some testing going on in Michigan in the sand dunes up there, and they had a bunch of uh, they had a bunch of these trucks out there, sort of you know camouflaged up, all in black or something. Um, and they uh, they had a handful of these out there, along with a Raptor. And I guess they were just kind of doing some comparison testing. But uh, there were some other people out there riding ATVs and pickup trucks and stuff. And they posted a video of it. And the video is kind of long, but they they shot a video, and you can kind of start to to pick up on some of the details, just sound and whatnot from these uh, from these uh, Ram TRXs and. Uh, there's a lot of supercharger wine going on there, so now yeah, it's starting to think. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you could differentiate that between the others. Yeah, it's it's that, and and I could swear I keep hearing like one of the ATVs, like a four-stroke ATV, kind of dominating the sound. But uh, you kind of have to pick apart that video, and you can hear some of that supercharger wine. So it very potentially could be a a Hellcat powered uh, truck. Now I don't. I don't think this is unreasonable. The reason why is because the current Ford F-150 platform uh, with the Raptor especially, uh, it has the EcoBoost engine, the 450 horsepower or something it is. Um, but there's talk of of them saying, hey, before we're done with this current Raptor platform, we're going to – we're going to – we're going to – shoot a Hail Mary and there may be a limited hot, you know, hot version of the Raptor with the new Shelby GT 500 engine in it, which is, which would, so instead of the 450 horse EcoBoost six turbo, it could be a V eight supercharged with 700 plus horsepower. It could be like a 750 horsepower truck. Uh, Darn, <laughs> and because uh, uh, you know we, you and I both drove the Raptor with the 450 horse, and it's cool, and it's definitely capable, and that suspension is fantastic. And I know you can throw a tune in there and probably pick up another 60 horse, no problem. Uh, and uh, and you know, and some exhaust or something, and uh, and it would it would even make it even better. But man, the you know, a 300 horsepower bump with a V8, but that sound though. That you'd get from it, so it could could be kind of interesting. So I don't know, like, what do you, what's your thoughts? What do you think? Do you think Ram needs a seven hundred horsepower pickup truck to compete with the Raptor? You know, I uh, here we go again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I it's not about we've been calling we've been calling <laughs> for this for years, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, I, I think there definitely is a need for it, but is it too late? Um. I guess it's never, it's never too late, but I think they could have capitalized big time on it if it was out a number of years ago. But, hey, better late than never. I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it's an idea that uh, has been thought about before because yours truly is putting a Hellcat engine in one of his trucks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited about it. Hey, anytime you stuff that motor in anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want, I'm gonna want to drive it. You're gonna so, want to drive it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think it's a different sector of, peop- of of people that you know they can bring in that they may not have had in in the beginning as quote unquote muscle car guys that fall into that category. But uh, it's a, you know, I don't think it's beyond the scope of reality 
It's interesting because I think the Raptor does pretty well. It certainly gets a lot of press. People seem to really love them. I they they must be selling it well enough to do two generations of it. You know the the V eight and the uh, and the EcoBoost. Um, but there's a couple of aftermarket companies that try to do like Silverado versions. Um, uh, even. Uh, even our buddy Ken Linkenfelter had kind of an aggressive-looking off-roady Silverado, and just maybe when the aftermarket gets a hold of it, it's a little too expensive. Um, I don't know how well his uh, trucks sold, but maybe you know, maybe it was fine. Maybe he only needed to sell fifty of them to to kind of make a point and and make a business case out of it. But uh, I don't know. I I think I think there's such a a division between sort of the Ford guys and the Chevy guys and the Ram guys that uh, there's enough Ram guys saying we want a Raptor competitor, but we wouldn't well, dare touch a Raptor, you know? You know? <laughs> um, but, my, but my point is, again, is it too late? I mean, did you not, did you not answer the call in time enough? I mean, I think that, I, I don't know. I well, mean, if, if uh, I would like say I said, better late than never. I mean, it's not like I'm not going to want one, but yeah, still, it it might have soured a couple people in the you know. There's such a force in in the automotive world, and they didn't have a competitor for the Raptor for a number of years, and we still don't know 100 percent if they're going to have one out. So yeah, um, all this anticipation is great, but man, give us the product. Yeah, I guess my thought on it is this: is if the TRX came out with a 525 horsepower engine uh i think i think it's not gonna work fail it wouldn't be nearly as attractive to anybody no way no and i think stepping up to a hellcat engine with the supercharger uh is the way to go and probably the only way to go in my opinion that's the only way to go on this is all the hype around this brand right now and for good reason is around these engines and and there are so many variations on this engine that I don't know how long this is going to last for them. Uh, maybe they're going to switch to turbos at some point or, or, or something more fuel efficient or whatever. But for now, they need to run with this. They if they if they build this truck, I think it needs to be seven hundred plus horsepower. I, I I know they were thinking, hey, you know, Raptors four fifty horse, we can go five twenty five, we can crush it. But even just the mention of Ford doing uh, the GT500 engine in there is a game changer, and then that's a total fail. You can't you can't have next year's auto show and Rams like here it is the TRX we've been teasing for years, five twenty five horsepower, and then two booths over. Ford's like we've already been doing it for years. We already know the suspension works. We know how to dial it in, and we made seven hundred and fifty horsepower. So it would just you'd have to go Hellcat engine, but. Anyway, that's that's my thought on it. Is uh, go Hellcat, go Demon. <laughs> hey, just put a Hellophant in there. Yeah, put the Hellophant in there. I see. The thing about the Hellophant is, I wonder if if they did a production version, you know, like a, a version in a production car, if it would pass the emissions and all that stuff. And then you're gonna have a big gas guzzler tax and other things like. Or 
I know. I get it's basically the same engine. They just keep putting a bigger blower on it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it is and it's not. I mean, yeah. there's some internal parts that are different, but yeah, for the yeah, most yeah. Part, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, it's kind of interesting. I I, I kind of like that Ram is is teasing this. They're out there. They these guys look like they were having a little bit of fun in the in the dunes and the sand dunes up there, and uh, uh, it looks like it's gonna. It's going to happen. I don't know the rest of the specs on it, but uh, it's kind of interesting. But anyway, um, uh, tell me about uh, – man, tell me about Speedcore. What happened out there? You went out there and you were uh, talking to them about a couple of the cars. You've got the wide-body Challenger. Uh, that was the skinny tire car. You guys made the wide-body, the carbon fiber. We talked about quite a bit, um, uh, added some horsepower with the – boosted the supercharger and stuff. And then you said that was probably going to go back and get the roll cage in it. And then you're going to send the charger. You had the skinny tire charger that was going to go for a big horsepower upgrade and maybe a wide body uh, <laughs> conversion as well. And then you said maybe they were going to do an all-wheel drive. Like it was being discussed. We didn't know if it was a Mopar parts or or some of their parts or a combination of both. But you went out. You had a meeting with them. Dude, tell me what happened. How'd it go? You know, first and foremost, let me tell you that uh, one of the caveats for this uh, automotive craze is working with great people. Mm-hmm. I mean, every once in a while, you're going to run into a group that, uh, you know, rubs you the wrong way. But for the most part, we all have the like the like mind that this is a passion. And it's, it's, a, it's competitive, you know, from brand to brand but and from shop to shop. But at the end of the day, we can all be friends and go out and ha- burn some tires and have some fun. Yeah. Um, to be associated with these guys at Speedcore, man, I, I am honored and privileged to be uh, kind of like a little one of the little ambassadors for them, mm-hmm. um, be- because their operation is tip top, man. I mean, the the technology that they're running at their shop and across the street from their shop, the ability to get stuff done. Um, on a very creative level to today's standards using today's machinery is I, I don't see it duplicated in any other shop of that size. So these um, guys, these guys are using CAD software to, to design parts. They're, they're 3d printing to prototype parts. And then they're using, uh, you know, billet and, and CNC machines to manufacture parts. And that's just on the aluminum side. Then they're also prototyping yeah. carbon fiber. Do they have a giant autoclave? Is there a giant oven there? How do they? Maybe <laughs> there might be. Yes, there's quite possible that was a big yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was bitching, man. I mean, it was it was a futuristic shop. I mean, it was a blend between the muscle car passion that we all know and and today's technology, and it it, it it's cool because um, they're just taking it to another level. Yeah. Um, you can you can tell by their products, and you can tell by Jesus Christ what they pump out. I mean, those cars for Fast and Furious, you know, the Evolution, the 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 other that that uh, Tantrum, uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. The, the twin turbo all carbon fiber Demon. I mean, they're 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 setting the bar pretty damn high. I mean, they've got the the world record. Um, we're going to try to get the world record in a four door. Uh, when when the Charger gets done, <laughs> because. Hold on a second. We're twin turboing the charger. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's going to be bitching, man. Now, it, are it, you going to compound boost it? Are you going to keep the supercharger and put turbos, or are you going to remove yeah, the supercharger? That's still, it's still up for debate. It's yeah. still up for debate. What we're doing right now is we're reinforcing everything to, to hold 12 to 1,400 horsepower. On 12 the, to 1500 horsepower on the charger. On the charger. And yeah. what, was there a discussion about an all-wheel drive conversion? Uh, a little bit. You know, um, I think that we've put that to the side right now. It seemed um, like they were a little early in the, in the R&D. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to put that to the side. I mean, yeah, if I, if I didn't have that car and I bought an entry-level you know, police interceptor with all-wheel drive, then, yeah, it would give us the ability to, to go that way. But for for the time being at this stage, I don't think it's the right time to do it. Okay. Um, it just gives me the ability to want to do something. To do something future, else later, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, basically the big plan on that car is to turn it, is to make the, the transformation quite similar to what the the, uh, the Challenger went through. Um, the Challenger... Uh, you know, I did an appearance at Summerfest, the largest musical music festival in the country up there, um, on Sunday. And then Speedcore had a, 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 a tent, you know, with a number of the cars. I mean, Jesus, they had the, the, the all carbon fiber twin turbo demon in there. They had my wide body, uh, uh, Challenger, Hellcat Challenger in there. They had the, had that charger from Fast and Furious. Yeah. They had Captain America's Camaro in there. Yeah. They had a 71 GTX. There was a badass car. I mean, everything they put their footprint on is, is just really cool. And the, and, the, and the best part about it is they're like the Ring Brothers. Yeah. In that you have to search very closely to find the details that they've, that they've done because they're so simplistic. You know, they flow. Um, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's artwork. It, it really is. They've taken it to another level. Well, they certainly um, give a lot of attention. Uh, a lot of the big builders now, there's a lot of attention given to the the different textures and coatings and things. Before, it was all about you, you would spend all this time on doing something custom that's subtle on the car, but then you'd make it pop with chrome and bright colors to, to, to accent all the work you put into it. And now it's all about, you know, for... for quite a few years now it's all about kind of doing all of that work but just using you know colors and textures to kind of blend it in to make it seem like it was it was kind of an oe thing um but now you have to kind of walk through there's so many cars over at, at sema like you're saying ring brothers and and, and chip foose and and Bodie stroud and, and Speedcore and all these guys you got to walk through them and go yeah, looks good. What did you do? And they're like, how much time do you have? Because this exactly. is going to take a while. I mean, you can look at these cars five or six different trips by yeah. and, and still not be able to, to point out what they've done. I mean, that's the beauty of uh, of these artists' creation is mm-hmm. that they make it blend and flow to where it doesn't stick out. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting to me about Speedcore, the reason why I was kind of asking you about sort of the behind-the-scenes workings is look there's a lot of really good shops out there but in the in the hot rod world you, you know even if you built a million dollar car you can only build so many of these a year and you're always sort of limited financially to how you can grow your business you know uh even even a, a foos who's arguably the most famous builder out there right now it 
he's still kind of limited. Like he's one man. He's got a bunch of people working for him, but he's still kind of one man and gets his hands dirty. And it's like, how can a guy like that afford giant autoclaves and multiple CNC machines that could cost a quarter million dollars a piece? And, and it's like it's so much uh, work going on that uh, the, you know, like you're kind of limited. Like this isn't. This isn't a factory with hundreds of people. So it's it's interesting to me how Speedcore is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, so well funded. You know? Well, like, yeah, and, and that's what it is, and it's about your strategy and, and the fact is is that they've got machines to supersede the the, the labor force. You know, they they've got the ability to Manufacture parts, you know, with one or two guys there with the machinery that basically does it all. You know, you, you plug a program in or mm-hmm. you, you know, you move a part here and you move a part there and you put a part in. It's like going down to HRE and seeing them with the big block, you know, of metal and then it goes in and boom, uh, 24 hours later, it comes out to be a wheel. Yeah. See, um, so that's a good example. So HRE already has a very successful business making wheels and in-house. They have the machines, they have the powder coating, the finishing services. But then if you said, hey, HRE is going to start building hot rods and they're going to hire 10 guys and they start building hot rods, I would go, okay, I get it. They can do that because they have a successful wheel business that pays the bills and allows them to afford giant machines that other people can't afford. So Speedcore must be making a lot of other parts, either white label for other people or selling a bunch of their own parts. There has to be sort of another business. Look, you and I love drag racing in the drag racing world. Like you look at like Coletta's, they're out there, they're racing again and again and again. Jegs, you know, uh, the Jegs team, they're out there and they're racing, but they have a huge mail order business, <laughs> you know. that Yeah, one's got to support the other, yeah. there's no question. I mean, you know, when you've got a guy, if you're the initial guy that wants to come in and pay pay for the molds for the new wide body challenger or the new wide body charger or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that initial cost is going to go right through the roof, but they've got the ability and clientele to be able to, to present that package and someone will take it and buy it to be that first guy. Then once they've got the molds, you know, the, uh, the, the next customer doesn't have to incur that, that expense. And then it's just basically paying for the part and the labor. Yeah. Um, I mean, just imagine a, 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 an extremely large corporation um, mechanically shoved into a little operation, but you just take out all of the labor. You know, there's, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are working in there, 10 to 40 people or something like that, but. Um, it, it's sure not labor intensive as far as the amount of people that they shove in that in that facility. Yeah. Um, they're they're all artists. They're all specialists, and um, it, it it's it, it, it's completely different than any shop I've ever been to. Yeah, it, it's so much more futuristic. And you know, you talk about the next thing. I mean, there were there were times. I there was one time I think you and I were speaking about color carb. Uh, Carbon fiber that, you know, that comes in different colors. Yeah. Man, yeah. they showed me swatches of every freaking color you can imagine in carbon fiber. Yeah. 
So I I, I had a I had a business a while ago. We were doing some carbon fiber stuff uh, years and years ago before it was even kind of mainstream in the aftermarket. Now um, it's a different industry. I was working in. Um, I was dabbling in in uh, aerospace and some other stuff. And the carbon fiber itself is always sort of that blackish gray, but you can start using uh, uh, carbon Kevlar or, or Kevlar. Um, and Kevlar is also a brand name, I think, by DuPont. So I think Aramis is the is the generic name for it. And you can start using um, like Kevlar, sort of a synthetic version of carbon fiber, um, uh, different makeup. But uh, and yeah, you can start doing different colors with it. And also you can start tinting and coloring the uh, the uh, the epoxy, basically the uh, the the hard coating around the carbon fiber. Carbon fiber is just a it's a it's a weave of, of material. It's, it's strands that you have to put together, basically, um, and you you encase it in different types of of an epoxy. And depending on the quality of your carbon fiber pieces, some are dry carbon fiber, some are not. Some are vacuum sealed. You get the air bubbles out, and it's like you can and you can change the quality of that that epoxy based off of I don't know, strength and durability and things like that. I remember. If you remember years ago, I want to say the C6 Corvette, they did the ZR1 and it had like the carbon fiber roof, you know, the Targa roof and, and stuff on it. And GM had a big thing to like, yeah, we had to do a huge experiment on a clear coat that uh, so the carbon fiber wouldn't turn yellow. It's not really the material. It's it's the epoxy that makes it hard that does that. So many uh, um, like – Inexpensive, like carbon fiber hoods that are running around all over town. Uh, you see them; they start to turn yellow and stuff, and uh, uh, it's you know because of that sun uh, damage happening to it. But now there's been so much more advances with UV protection and different types of clear coats and different epoxies and stuff. So yeah, anyway, you can color those things and stuff all the time. You can you can. It's a lot more available now to do those types of things. There's actually um, yeah, no, and, and, but in all honesty, you know, all of the colors do not look great <laughs> by yeah. any means. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the quality sometimes doesn't carry over to a certain color, and you know, they've they've as far as the true the, the regular carbon fiber as it, as it appears now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it seems as if they've perfected that. I mean. Every yeah. panel that they put out that I've seen that's been on my car or the cars that were in their shop, I mean, you know, the patterns match up from panel to panel. I mean, it's just it's, it's just true it's, artwork. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. the, the guys at HRE, we spoke to them at one point, and they were experimenting with different carbon fiber wheels and pieces of wheels with carbon fiber. And uh, they, I think they put a, a, a little bit of a tint or a tint clear coat to finish it on top because the effect, the look that people wanted from a carbon fiber wheel, wheel wasn't the more natural looking carbon fiber. So they had to put like a little bit of a tint into it and, uh, and it looks fantastic. But those guys are so great at, at aesthetics as well as they are of, of, of making a wheel. So um, pretty interesting. Like you said, stuff. they're artists, man. I yeah, mean, they're, they they're not are. just mechanics anymore. They, the, the, the creativity that is out in this automotive world is, man, thank God for it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's wonderful. All right. So what else did you talk to those guys about? I well, get, we got the, we got the M715 that's probably going to go up there next. Uh, I was going to say, you uh, have to have a truck yeah, the Hellcat's going to go, the Hellcat <laughs> motor's going to go in that thing. And, you know, as you saw, 
on the the concept gladiator mm-hmm. um the on the 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 truck bed all that intricate work that was done well hr i mean uh 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 speed Corps can get all that done at their facility <laughs> with all of their tooling they can replicate what was done on that trunk bed. Now I do not want mine nearly as intricate and as pretty as that one. Cause I want mine functional, but it's just pretty freaking wild that in house they can get all that done. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, then to have to sort of d- design it sort of modular so they can assemble yeah. it, you know, it'd, it'd be weird, but you know, you'd have a hundred thousand dollar billet aluminum bed. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, on, you know, just, just the cost of aluminum alone, then just machining off thousands of pounds to, to pocket it and shape it and do all that stuff. Oh, it God. would be insane. Yeah. It'd probably be a little too much, but like you said, you want to use all of this, now. all of the, uh, everything you just said made my, my right, um, <laughs> glute hurt because that's where I keep my wallet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. Uh, Anyway, so it sounds it sounds good. I like that. So those guys are going to be working on the military truck, or at least they're going to start. Yeah. Coming up now, with a plan. now we got some all we got some information. Also, it looks as if so. You know that four door uh, the I don't know what it's called the the JT or TJ the the Jeep the, the 2018 four door uh, longer longer wheel based um, Jeep that they had. It looks like that's what they used on that concept vehicle as the chassis. So we got that information and, and that seems as if it's going to make this process a hell of a lot easier. And that's also why they shortened the bed up eight inches. Yeah. And I okay. think they moved the wheelbase on the seven one five to, to match. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I mean, it makes good. complete sense because you know, everybody's got parts to, to go with that chassis for God's sakes. You can go, you know, as wild as you want with it. And it's, it's all updated. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an all all new all new chassis, drivetrain, everything. The what? only aesthetic part that'll be old school will be the the truck itself, it's and that's going like to be carbon. And you know, the and the and the the cab's going to be carbon fiber, most likely. So, oh wow, did you send the truck up there already, or no? No, no. The Charger's on the way there. The Challenger is there, and the truck will be picked up here pretty soon. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, overstay my welcome at speed Corps, so <laughs> i i think i may have to get one done before i send the truck up there i, yeah. I don't know well the challenger's know. going up for the roll cage and i don't know if it's getting some other things as well but whipple whipple whipple, whipple. oh yeah yeah you guys are doing the the whipple so but that's that's not a huge project for them they've done that before and they've done yeah. the roll cage already once so that can that can be a little bit quicker turnaround for them Oh yeah, the charge is going to be long. It's going to be a while, you yeah. know, because we're gonna we're gonna do the carbon fiber transformation that we did on the Challenger on the Charger. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know the turbos are going to be, eh, you know, it's it, it's going to be fit. It might be a little fitment issue. Um, it's going to take a little while, but you know, it is what it is, and uh, yeah. uh you know, all right. Good well, things, that's good. Come, good that's things come to those who wait. So, yeah, and and they haven't fabricated a cage for that charger yet, so mine right. may be the first one. Yeah, so a four door cage. You're gonna have to do sort of taxi style, like you know, like yeah. lot of cross taxi style kind of roll cage. You have to come up with something for that. Oh, it'll be kind of fun. It's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. All right, I've got another 
truck question for you guys in a minute. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. Now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. Uh, I uh, woke up over the weekend, and for some reason, I woke up going, hey, I think I want a Ford Lightning, <laughs> a Gen 1 Ford. Why Gen 1? I, I, you know what it is? It is so the Gen 2... I love the engine and it's supercharged and and whatnot, but it's so kind of roundish and kind of puffy and step side and the whole thing. And there was something Gen 1 where it kind of boxy style that I just thought was kind of neat. Like I – it's – I don't know. It just felt more trucked to me and I – and it's – so here's the thing. I also love like a GMC Cyclone and the Typhoon. But, oh, yeah. and, but Ford's answer to that was, hey, those are cool little trucks, but mm-hmm. they, they don't really – you can't tow anything and you can barely put anything in the back. So Ford said, we're going to do a Lightning. And when the Lightning came out, it, it, you know, it pulled like 0.88 Gs in the turns and it was 0 to 60 in like seven and a half seconds. By the way, I, I can't say for sure, but I think a, a Raptor – Today is still like seven and a half seconds, zero to sixty. Different animal for sure, and off road, and the you know big suspension, the heavy tires and stuff. But, but I don't know the the, the lightning was seemed kind of cool. And then for me, so what I did is I put it out there on Twitter and Instagram and uh, uh, and Facebook, and I and I said, hey guys, should I do it or not? Let me know. You guys vote. Should I do it or not? And a lot of guys hit me up. And they go, why get a lightning? You can get an F one fifty, and you can do it however you want. Here's the other portion of it is SVT, the special vehicle team at Ford in in 93, they came out with the 93 Cobra and the 93 Gen 1 Lightning. So uh, I kind of like the idea of having an SVT truck to go with my SVT Cobra. And, so that's where that came from. And yeah. And I I like the idea of it having that VIN number. So I you know I know there's a cool F one fifty you can make or whatever, but I want that VIN number. Even though if I modify the truck, because that's what we do here, my Cobra's got tons of hours and tons of money into it. But I've got an original, you know, I've got the original GT forty heads. And I got the VIN number. It's like you know, it's it's been modified, but it's all done somewhat period correct. So I kind of like the idea of this. Um, and I know everybody online is giving me shit. Why don't you finish one project before the next project? Because that's not what we do here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> you know, that's not what we that's... do here. And um, yes, and there there is a plan for the Cobra, and it is going to get worked on. And uh, and my buddy Ray is probably going to help me out with that as well. It's going to move over to his shop eventually, um, uh, so he can do some things on it. Um, and yeah. An SVT Lightning can tow a 93 Cobra. That can happen. I was just going to say, you know, because <laughs> initially when the Raptors came out, if you towed, it would void the, the warranty, right? Oh, I don't uh, – maybe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you couldn't tow they, – they, you couldn't tow with them. That's why I initially didn't want one. I was going to buy one for Wanda. 
Yeah, and, and so they it's were interesting. It, it's interesting to know that from the onset you could tow in that in that Gen One Lightning. You can now. Don't quote me on these specs, but I think I think like the payload was like seven hundred or seven hundred fifty pounds in the bed, and the towing capacity is like five thousand. It's enough to put a car on a trailer and drag it around town. I mean, I wouldn't go across well, one the of your cars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of my cars. Like a 3,200-pound Cobra or 3,300-pound Cobra in a trailer, yeah, I can tow that around and it's and it's fine. And keep in mind that there are some some similarities. So the, the Cobra has a 302, uh, Iron Block, Iron Head's 302, and the Lightning is a 351. Um, but the 351 didn't have a mass airflow conversion. It was a speed density, so a little tougher to tune. And it has hydraulic flat tappet cams, not roller cams, which is something I can change. Um, but it has the GT40 heads. It basically has the same GT40 cylinder heads on this truck that it does on my Cobra. And although I have a Cobra intake, um, it's modeled after the GT40 tubular intake and and the GT40 tubular intake manifold is what the the Lightning has. So it has a very similar intake. They both have like the 65-millimeter Ford, you know, motorsport throttle body on it. They both have the GT40 heads on it. And, you know, so there's some some similarities. And, and, and believe me, I've done so much work on the Fox bodies and stuff over the years. I can't imagine opening the hood of this truck and going, what's going on in here? Like, I think I could pretty much figure out everything. <laughs> I know it has a couple little things. I know the distributor cap, I think, was was unique on the Lightning instead of having brass terminals. It was aluminum terminals and, and whatnot. But there's all these things that that – uh, I'm very familiar with. So I don't know. I just kind of like the idea. They're inexpensive to get. And uh, so I put it out there. And uh, let me check the current status of the Twitter poll. And it is uh, 66% people say, sure, you should buy it. 34% say, nah, it's too old. Um, and then I put it up on Instagram this morning. And this was kind of funny. Um, I put it up. I got a bunch of comments, and uh, the comments are still coming in. And people are like, uh, "Yes, you should do it. Um, uh, build it as a tow rig for the Mustang Cobra." <laughs> uh, Steve Austin said, "What are you waiting for? Do it." <laughs> so he's a truck well, guy. You we know all what know Austin's going Yeah, we know. I, you know. Part of part of Austin rubbed off on you. To- to want to purchase that truck? I kind of did. He's got his he's got his old <laughs> truck over there. I think he sent. Um, I think he's got his his Camaro, his Z twenty eight, which was here in L A. Uh, getting some work done, and he sent it to his ranch, to his Broken Skull Ranch, to to play with over there. Um, uh, a lot of guys are saying uh, you should do it. One guy says they're slow and overpriced, but definitely buy it. <laughs> um, uh, my friend Ali Fiore. She's like, I speak for all the ladies, hard pass. So she's out. She doesn't want it. And there's been quite a bit of consensus where a lot of the guys are like, yeah, you should do that for sure. And then the girls are like, nah, you should not do that. So I don't know. Like, it could be kind of fun. Um, I got to think of something fun to do with it. Uh, I, I, I don't – this is – I'll tell you what I don't want to do. I don't want to turn it into – a huge project. And it's easy for us to say that all the time. We always say that and that it always turns into a huge project. 
I don't want to do like a coyote swap or or something radical like that because I do want the period correct stuff. I want the original uh, intake manifold and the cylinder heads. I want it to be numbers matching. So I don't mind doing some mods to it, but I want to keep it sort of a numbers matching truck. And maybe we do what we do here is is if I can turn it into something that's kind of fun and then somewhere down the line maybe we you know we sell it to somebody who's listening and wants to enjoy it. But um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Should I get a truck? Absolutely. <laughs> I think there's no question. Um, is it? Uh, is everybody on board with a Gen 1 Lightning or do you feel like Gen 2 Lightning? A Gen 2 Put lightning it this way. I think, I think you ought to get the Gen 1 because uh, in all honesty, I, I, I never knew there was a Gen I never knew... That there was that the lightning came out in that year. Yeah, it's um, ninety three to ninety five, and then the Gen two. Cool. You're come familiar out with, like you said, you're familiar with the engine. Yeah, as as it sits. Um, hey, I think it's cool, and they're they're not that expensive. I'd grab one up and and tow your car with it. Yeah, because you need to tow that thing anyway. I got to tow need it other anyway. People to tow it all the time, so <laughs> I, why not do it yourself? I got to tow it anyway. I, this is funny. Is I have to take it to Ray's shop at some point, and I've got to tow it there because he's the dyno guy. He has to be the first one to fire it up. So at a, at a minimum, I'm definitely towing the vehicle once, and I think we're going to be moving shops, so I got to tow it again. Um, so there definitely, and and I know. So there was a couple of comments. I saw the photo as well. Lady Gaga has one. Lady Gaga has, I think, a red Gen 1 Lightning. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, I'm like a fan now. Like, I, I'm like, if that's what she's driving, like, if she has that, and because I don't know how she comes up with that truck. Nobody, nobody over at like Symbolic or whatever or, or, or Auto Gallery goes, hey, Lady Gaga, you know what you need? Forget the Bugattis and Ferraris that we sell. You need a Gen 1 Lightning for 15 grand. There's no way that happens. She has to have some sort of history or connection or wherever she grew up in New York or Jersey or whatever. She must have been like familiar with them or uh, like just like her age. Maybe she was just like in school at the time or dad had one or dated a guy at the time. Like there's got to be some emotional connection to it that I want to hear that story. Like I want to know why she has a Gen 1 Lightning. I love the fact that she does, but I want to know what the story is. It wasn't because she was walking through a dealer lot and said, hey, look at this bright red square-bodied Ford truck with 240 horsepower. Like That's, that's not <laughs> exactly. going to be it. It's not going to be it. So, um, there has to be some backstory. Yeah, right? Like I, I'm, I'm giving you – I've never owned one, but the story of I was around when they came out and they seemed cool at the time and they got a lot of press and, and, uh, uh, and all kinds of cool stuff. I don't know. That's kind of why I'm thinking um, uh, Gen 1 Lightning. Um, and they're cheap and they're everywhere. It's funny because they didn't make a ton of them, but they're always kind of available. You know, it's just kind of fun. You got to find the right one. You don't want too many miles, but if it's if it's got if it's if it's never been driven, it's got ten thousand miles. People want thirty thousand dollars for them. I don't know if it's worth that, but that's what they want. And then if it's one hundred and thirty thousand or one hundred sixty thousand miles, that's too many miles for what I want to do with it. And I'm going to end up rebuilding the engine, and I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not opposed. Well, remember, to it, I was thinking about this kind of thing for a little while when I found that 450 mile uh, uh, on the odometer uh, uh, SRT 10 truck. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's a tough one, right? It's like it's got 450 miles. You're going to pay uh, the premium for it. You're going to get a cool truck. But now is it too few miles to drive? Exactly. Like, you know, it's a conundrum. Yeah. You know? So I, this is what then, I mean. But I, then think about it. You know, you got enough cars. When are you going to drive it that much? How many miles are you realistically going to put it on? Yeah. Put on that in a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I, I think I need to find a truck that's probably seventy to eighty thousand miles. But you know, to your point, uh, uh, when I did the Nissan thing at the New York Auto Show, they they announced the fiftieth anniversary three seventy Z, and there's there's a black and silver version and a red and white version. And the red and white version, they're only making 50 of. Uh, so I told Corolla, I was like, hey, you have the BRE cars. You have four of them. You have the Hino truck. This car isn't super expensive, 40 grand, you know, uh, you know, for him at least. <laughs> it's not super expensive. I was like, you, you, maybe you should get one of these. And he's like, yeah, it might be kind of interesting in the collection. And he goes, but I wouldn't really drive it that much. I said, yeah, but it's a stick and you can practice heel-toe driving Every year, right before you go to Monterey, he's like, "Yeah, okay, order okay. one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's going to drive it three weeks a year, right? <laughs> you know, like leading up to Monterey, he's going to drive it for a few weeks, and it's going to be great, and it's going to sit in the collection next to the other BRE cars. So that's an example of Adam could have that car for ten years and have four thousand miles on it in ten years, or you know, maybe three thousand miles on it. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I think I need to find something that's probably like seventy to eighty thousand miles, um, under a hundred. I don't want to pay the premium for a thirty-five thousand mile truck. You know, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand is good. Um, and I, I'll I'll come up with a couple cool things. One thing I am thinking about. I haven't talked to these guys in a while, but the uh, the Lightning has a four speed automatic. So the fourth gear, the third gear is the one to one ratio, and the fourth gear is uh, the overdrive. It's like a 0.71 overdrive or something. And uh, I know we're getting close on time here. But um, uh, the guys at Gear Vendors, they make – they replace the tail housing of your transmission. They can do an automatic or manual, but they replace the tail housing of your automatic transmission. In this case, uh, the, uh, the the four-speed in the uh, in the Lightning. And by the way, the Lightning doesn't have the regular AOD – whatever four speed it has the super heavy duty one out of like an f-350 truck from from the 90s so it handles all the power you want and what the gear vendors does is it adds a splitter gear in between everything so you basically get one one and a half two two and a half three three and a half and then a double overdrive um so Instead of a 0.71 overdrive, it it also adds like a 0.51 overdrive. So this does two things, which is very, very cool. One is you can get on the freeway and you can cruise and it'll cut another 800 RPM or so with a 410 gear that that rear. It'll cut another 800 RPM or so off of your cruising speed at 60, 70 miles an hour and be a little bit more fuel efficient. But also having more gears during your acceleration keeps you in that power band. If you think about a four-speed transmission now, and especially if the fourth gear is an overdrive, you have three real acceleration gears. When you uh, are in first gear, you hammer down, it gets to second gear, and when it shifts, it drops a lot of RPM, and then you got to wind it back up again. And then at third, it drops a lot again. By splitting the gears, by adding uh, more gears, by doubling the gears from basically from four to eight, you get less drop 
in between gears, and it keeps that power band going. So you'll get better acceleration uh, uh, as well. So um, this is a lot of the reason why. Like I, everybody talks about eight-speed transmissions, nine-speed new, new Ford ten speeds, and GM ten speeds. It's not just for the fuel economy. It, it's when they tune it correctly, it's for performance as well. So um, it's a little bit about transmission. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, it would be cool. Do a gear vendor's unit on the back of this transmission. Turn that four-speed into an eight-speed with a double overdrive. Ooh. Kind of interesting. By the way, those gear vendor units, those things are beefy as hell. They handle like 2,500 horsepower. All the guys that do like the land speed record cars that go 300 miles an hour stuff, they all basically run a gear vendor's unit because they want the extra gears to get up to speed, and then they want that overdrive to hit that high mile an hour. These things are bulletproof bulletproof and there's a button you can put on your shifter your dash and you can click that button to activate it or to put it into the double overdrive so it's a cool unit um it's not inexpensive but uh but these guys have been around for like 30 something years so speaking um, of inexpensive or expensive yeah do you have any idea off the top of your head what a uh, sequential transmission is going to cost me um you know uh there's there's a there's a pretty big variation in between that but i would say uh i i can't say for sure but whatever you're spending on on a pretty good let's say six-speed manual conversion it would probably be double Yeah, I would say double. We 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 talked about this before because Adam did a the Trans Am race and he had the sequential transmission in that uh that C7R Corvette and loved it. And he's like, "How do I put these in one of my vintage cars and kind of hide yeah. it?" And uh, he said, well, we can do it on one of the cars if you want. And then I think we ran some numbers. And he's like, oh, I don't know if it's eight grand or ten grand for a transmission. Uh, but yeah, uh, see, I, when I went to when I went to Kurt Bush's place, yeah. when I was in Mooresville a little while ago, he had an old Cuda that had one in it. And I asked the guys, and God, my 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 jaw almost hit the floor when they told me the price of the damn thing. Yeah, and theirs is probably a very expensive racy version. I, I can't say for sure, but I would probably guess somewhere it could range anywhere from maybe eight to twenty. Now, you know, quite obviously, that's going to be something you can't drive every day. Yeah, know? but I'll tell you what. Um, so, a- Adam got into it. That being the case, I don't think it's going to be an option for my charger. Yeah, maybe not. There's probably some street version. There's that's what you got to do the research on is who's running like a street version. That makes sense. But I'll tell you, Adam's been running these vintage cars for years. He got into that car with the sequential transmission, and he just was raving about it. Now, that was on the racetrack. He's like, that thing was so cool, so much fun. And his sequential in that car was not a paddle shifter one. It had the shifter, and he was just banging it up and down. Um uh-huh. Yeah, it was it was kind of badass, but anyway, um, we had some more stuff. We're gonna we're gonna run out of time here, but uh, guys, check out uh, check out the gaming app that we uh, that we talked about before. Go to Make Model, search Make Model on uh, on uh, on the App Store, and you can play this. Uh, you can play this game. Uh, it shows you all these pictures, pieces of cars, and you kind of guess in speed rounds which cars they are. And uh, and Goldberg, I think you've got. A bunch of your cars in there, like they. Yeah, we just we just downloaded them. You know, the, uh, another cool thing for the players is that you know once you get to a certain point or a certain level, you can start downloading your personal car. 
and it could possibly show up in the app. Um, I just posted something on, on Instagram that had a shot of six, six, six shots of cars. They're all mine. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly Mopar, well, one, one Ford in there, but, um, it's, man, it, it's really neat. You know, it's, it's, a, it's such a simplistic game, but if you, you know, it's going to draw more people in if you can, um, have, have a say in the visual aspect of the game by putting and downloading your own photos in there. And it's going to make people play more, you know, to see their photo pop up. I, um, I, we're going to be doing a challenge. We're going to be, you know, I'll be, I'll be challenging you probably next week on here. Yeah, and then we'll get I'm Austin down. involved and Finnegan and, I'm, you know, everybody out there. I'd like to do a challenge with Leno, but it's just a, hey man, it's just a fun little game. It's something that we've done, you know, I've done for 45 years, whether it was with my dad or my brothers or now my son in the car. driving around. Identify yeah. cars going down the road. It's, yeah. It's that. It's really cool. It's kind of like Simon says for cars. First of all, if you get Steve Austin, I'm going to crush him. I will crush Austin. Oh, no game. question. We'll, we'll kill him. <laughs> um, uh, so follow guys, go to follow Goldberg's garage on Instagram because, uh, he's going to be doing, um, uh, kind of a fun promo. You guys can play the game. And when you see his cars, you grab some screenshots and, uh, and, uh, a number of, of, of people, maybe 50 or so people will get autographed photos. Um, we're working out the details for that, but, uh, uh, but all the rules and how to play that will show up on Instagram. So, um, do this, follow Goldberg's garage on Instagram and follow at, Play make model on Instagram. Play make model, all one word on Instagram, and uh, and uh, you guys can participate in that as well. So um, learn about cars. Yeah, it's fun. It's a uh, it's it's kind of a fun thing to do. Um, it's a it's a cool way to pass your time uh, by being uh, in in front of one of your devices and and actually get something out of it when you're done with the game. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's it ain't the easiest damn thing. I mean, some of them are really easy, but it's it, it's it's frustrating to be Goldberg and to get car questions wrong. <laughs> but uh, that just makes me want to go in there and, and and rectify my my bad answer by all good answers. You know, yeah, it's it's fun. It's addictive, and it's it's it ain't hurting nobody. Um, all right, guys, check that out. Uh, of course, you can check us out at carcastshow.com. You can follow me at Motorator on all the social media and go up there. And uh, it's going to be up there for a while. Hit up me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and vote on uh, on the Gen 1 Lightning. Should I do it? If you've got some cool ideas, share them. I love reading all the comments, so check that out. Um, of course, you got Goldberg uh, uh, and uh, Goldberg Garage on Twitter and uh, Goldberg95, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Um, events coming up, I believe it's August 30th. Uh, Adam and I have a, uh, there's a car show in Portland at this car museum. Tickets are available and then you can, uh, hang out and have, watch us do CarCast live. Adam and I doing it live and our guest is Mario Andretti. So I'm excited about that. That's in Portland. I believe it's a Friday, uh, August 30th, um, and then, uh, and then our big car cast event is going to be uh, the weekend after SEMO or the last weekend of SEMO. We're going to do a Friday night screening of the Shelby Dock and a meet and greet. And then we're going to hit Speed Vegas. And there's going to be cars you guys can uh, rent and race around Ferraris and Corvettes and Roush Mustangs and stuff. And we'll do car show event is there as well. 
So uh, we're going to wrap things up. I see guys lining up outside to get into the studio. Um, thanks, Bill, of course, as always. And uh, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Oh, see you soon. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.